Thanks for joining us today on a special episode of the Jesus Famous Podcast with Pastor Nate Holdridge. Today we have a special guest in the studio sharing their story about how Jesus has changed their life. Join us as we discuss stories and discover how Jesus is famous in the testimonies of those around us. All right, well today I got Pastor Matt Kaler chilling with me. Matt, you just turned 40 years old. Last week at the time of us recording this podcast, I don't know when we're going to actually air this, but happy birthday, man. That's Thanks, a big man. one. It is a big one. Yeah, it feels I, big. I really felt like prior to turning 40, you really didn't have a lot to share on this subject. But now that you're yeah. 40 years old, you have wisdom to you, be able to impart to the church. Do, do you I feel do. any of that now? I woke up on my birthday and just felt just this dump of wisdom drop on me. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think I have much, <laughs> but I do, I'm really excited about being 40 and, and being older and every year, as you know, is just a, a gift, especially, um, for me, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. For those who don't know you, maybe you wouldn't mind sharing why it is such a gift, espe- yeah. you say, especially for me. Why, why is that the case? Yeah. For me, um, you know, I, uh, 15 months old, I was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic, um, disease that affects my lungs and digestive system. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a life shortening, you know, condition, mm-hmm. um, and so growing up with this, they, there was just an awareness that my life was a little bit different and, and my story would probably be different than the average person. And, um, and so, you know, every, every new decade is just like just another, another chance to just be grateful for what God's given me. So getting to 40 and being as healthy as I am, um, because the longer I'm around, the more that God through his common grace is filling, you know, doctors and physicians with, um, the ability to create these new medications that prolong, you know, the lifespan of the average, uh, CF or so I'm in a great place and, uh, and healthy feeling really good, feeling like the Lord's going to have me around for a long time. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a big, it, it's been a big deal in the Kaler, in the Kaler household. Yeah. Well, we, we all rejoice for that, you know, here at Calvary and I rejoice, you know, I'm so thankful for you. And I actually wrote down recently on my little tickler file of, you know, future episodes that I'd love to, to record. If you'd ever be willing, I'd love to, to get you on here and just talk about that part of your journey and your story and just kind of what that's like. I know, I know Mm -hmm. every person's story is different who's living with you know an illness like that that's just kind of looming over your life and coloring I'm sure like a lot of things about your experience and what you go through how you make decisions Um, so I know everybody's different and that you're not you don't need to be the representative of every person with CF or every person with you know an illness of some sort but I would sure love to hear just how you've done that with the Lord's help and and what he's you know, how he's helped you navigate that and, and, and you and Bree together, your family and everything. Yeah. But speaking of the, the reason I want to talk to you today is because we want to talk about, um, as pastors, as, um, men, as fathers, as heads of household, um, how to 
uh, grow in our ability to share the word with mm. our kids. And um, I'm really excited to do that uh, with you because, for one, you're our family pastor yeah. here at Calvary. So each week you're watching families uh, bring their kids you know, mm-hmm. here to the church campus, and you're interacting with a lot of different um, uh, single parents, uh, mm-hmm. couples, fathers, mothers, their children. You're seeing a lot. So I'm excited to talk with you from that standpoint. But then secondarily, uh, not only are you a man of the word, but I've, I've gotten to see you parenting your boys and parenting together with Bree. And I think you're a great dad. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to talking with you about this subject. So if you had to give a grade to the parents of Calvary, <laughs> what? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It's something I do each week. I just kind of assess them as a whole. You have uh, the spiritual gift of judgmentalism. Yes. Yeah. yeah definitely. Discernment, I, I call it, but um, whatever you feel better with. Uh, you know, we have a, in all seriousness, we have a, a church body who I just, I think is serious about the word, mm-hmm. you know, they're serious about um, being a people of the word. I think that's one of the things that draws people to our church is the importance and the, the value we place on the word of God. I mean, teaching expositionally really says something, I think, in today's age. Mm-hmm. And so you lead out so well that way and... Um, you know, as much as you want to hear from me, I'm, I'm excited to hear from you because I've seen you go before us and your, your girls are older than, than our boys. And, uh, I want to glean and I want to learn cause, cause I think, I think we're all just trying to figure out, Lord, how do we best steward this precious time of our kids' lives and, and not miss an opportunity. Yeah. It's a great way of saying it. You know, we, I, I don't know anybody that as a parent feels that they're just absolutely crushing it <laughs> and are totally successful when it comes yeah. to imparting biblical truth to the next generation, specifically their own children. I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, first you have to go through the process of learning the word for yourself, applying the word in your own life, making sure your life is built on biblical principles and, and the truth of God's word. Uh, but then, you know, they're younger, they're experiencing and, and wrestling with or going to be wrestling with concepts that we weren't really so dealing true. with. So for you, as you're kind of, you know, you, your, your finger is on the pulse of culture and society and some of the, you know, concepts that are being bandied about in the public sphere, you know, how, are, how do you feel? You know, are you feeling like, well, it's just impossible, you know, we can't. We can't get this job done. Do you have hope? Do, do you see the pressure that parents are under? Maybe you could speak mm. to that for a second. Because I think a lot of parents are just feeling like, gosh, you know, whether I homeschool or whether I put my kids in the public school system or private school or whatever, it just feels like the enemy's there, lies are out to get my kids, and I just want them to know the truth, but I just don't know how to, you know, really reinforce that mm. around them. Yeah, I. it's such a a good picture you paint because I, I, I feel you're describing what so many parents are feeling. And, you know, I, I do, I do see that because I have conversations with parents about certain cultural issues and questions, like you said, that they're facing that we didn't have to face or our parents didn't necessarily have to face. 
And so there is like an urgency, I feel, you know, and there's, um, there's a sense that we can't wing this one. <laughs> yeah. We can't, uh, we can't also try to delegate this one out mm. like more and more. It, it is, it is incumbent, incumbent upon parents to take the ownership of their kids' discipleship and really, um, really press into that and, mm-hmm. and be intentional. So, you know, one of the things I think if, if we were to zoom it out and I think what I, what I'd want to encourage parents with, and I think what you're going to, you know, we're going to talk through in this, in this article that you wrote that I think really gets at some key things is the importance of building that foundation. And, you know, I think there's specific questions that, of course, we want to equip ourselves with. We know that there's going to be conversations that come that we need to be willing to give a reason for the hope that's in us, you know, as First Peter would say. But I think just having that foundation of the Word being the priority in our lives and being our basis for truth, it, it's kind of the, like, maybe the not as much exciting, like, you know, big conversation, you know, those moments where you just feel like, man, God gave me a word and I responded. It's just kind of doing that ground, laying that groundwork on just Mm -hmm. a regular basis so that the tone and the atmosphere in your home is that we are a people who believe God's word. We trust God's word. We know the answers are there, even though it might take some time to find, you know, them, in scripture, we know we know that that's what we build our lives upon. So, just that foundational mm. piece to me is um, is so key because um, then you just build off of that. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, a concept that uh, an author I read talked about with just one of the one of the most important elements of the Sunday gathering being the moment where the Bible is opened up in front of everyone and it's publicly read. Mm. And one of the statements that he was making was, you know, you might read it and the people might not totally understand what is even being read, but just the symbolism even of Mm. we're here, we're, we've, we've sung, we've prayed, we've worshiped. And now the book is being opened. That in and of itself is really the main sermon. Mm. It's, the Bible is our authority. That's mm-hmm. where we look to to find the answers. And even if I don't know the answers, I know where to look for the answers. And when you were sharing that, it reminded me of that concept because I think where a lot of parents maybe are finding themselves right now is maybe playing a little bit of catch up when it comes to that experience in their homes. Mm-hmm. The church is a family. Mm. The same things that we do on Sundays are meant to be replicated in our homes. And so if right now all a parent is doing is saying, oh man, there's these really hot topics, sexuality, for instance, and the public school system is saying all these things. And so the only thing I'm really going to talk to my kid about is how to view human sexuality. But you haven't laid the groundwork of, well, in our home, the Bible is the authority 
And we've opened it up together. We talk about it. We look to it for answers about other things. Mm -hmm. You're playing a bit, a little bit of catch up at that point. Now, no condemnation. And we are where we are. So Jesus can meet us. He can cleanse us. He can forgive us. And we have to move forward. But I think what you're saying is it's about a tone that is being set of the word being the authoritative presence in that family. So what you're getting at? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great, great way to sum it up. I mean, just a quick s- snapshot of, you know, my upbringing. So I'm a second generation follower of Christ. You know, my parents got saved out of the Jesus movement. Both came from unchurched, unsaved family, you know, lines and all. And um, my my parents really, I, I think, did an incredible job of instilling a hunger and importance of God's word in our lives. So a typical morning, you know, as far as I can remember, maybe I was 10 years old, you know, when I could really remember these things were rhythms in our family. So we were homeschooled, you know, but my dad would wake us up before he'd head off to his um, state of California, you know, maintenance mechanic job down in downtown Stockton. And he'd wake us up at 6.15 in the morning. And we, me and my two older brothers would, you know, kind of stumble downstairs, sleep through a devotion that he would give us, you know, waking up here and there, and then he would pray for us, you know, um, and it would be 10, 15 minutes of him just reading us through a illustrated Bible, you know, a lot of Old Testament, you know, mm-hmm. I remember working through. And I can't remember one teaching that he gave out of that time. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I, you know, often as a 10-year-old, I wonder, man, Dad, why are we doing this? I'm so tired, you know, or whatever it was. But then after that, you know, around, you know, we'd continue our morning, whatever it was, 9 a.m., my mom would turn on the Word for Today with Pastor Chuck Smith. And so from 9 to 9.30, you know, we'd, we'd have a time with Pastor Chuck in the Word. Can't tell you a lot of wow. teachings that Pastor Chuck mm-hmm. gave. I can't, you know, regurgitate those all that much. But then my mom would sit down with us and she'd read the proverb for the day. And so there was these three kind of touch points of the Word, and that was just a typical morning. Again, um, you know, I, I can't say, you know, this was what, this is what, what each of those teaching right. times did uh, or, or spoke to me, but what it did as a whole was just give me this impression that, man, God's word is so key. Mm. <laughs> God's word is so important. And I'm not saying that that needs to be everybody's, that's not the Kaler rhythm, you know, in our family right now, but figuring out a way to just include God's word into your family life, into your family rhythm and um, and make that a priority. I think it it has made a difference on me and my brothers and in our lives for sure to this day. And you know, knowing your parents a little bit mm-hmm. myself, uh, and hearing your your story personally, you know, between us as friends and brothers, uh, I know that you saw in your parents a legitimate Christianity as well. And those yeah. two things have to go hand in hand, don't they? I mean, mm. if, if you had been woken up like that each day and your dad was, you know, an angry man who, you know, was abusive or, you know, didn't take his walk seriously or the same was found in your mother, mm-hmm. that's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? Big you know, time. I'm listening to these Bible studies. You're yeah. preaching these things to me, but I'm not seeing it demonstrated in your life. 
Yep. But I'm really glad to hear that uh, you don't follow the same exact rhythm in <laughs> in your house. I'd be I, I think I'd have to change up my whole like study flow if I knew that I was on at 9 a.m. Uh, on the in the uh, Kaler household, That's you right. know the Calvary Monterey podcast and Canon and crew oh, just totally. digging in on that. Totally, I'm really glad to hear you guys have <laughs> taken a different approach. But man, what yeah. a what a heritage that is. Yeah. That's just so I'm thankful. encouraging and challenging, yeah. convicting. It just, it brings to my mind how I think a lot of parents are afraid of culture mm. and what's happening in the culture and all of that. Yep. But it's almost like they're more afraid of their kids because they won't do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do stuff like that, good luck if you're waiting for your kids to be into it. Yep. Good luck if what you're really waiting for is for your kids to be the ones who initiate and say, Mom, Dad, I'd really love for you to take me through the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you totally. got to be tough to do this, you know, pretty yeah. much at every age and stage of life, yep. you know. I mean, sure, when they're Absolutely. two, three years old, they might be stoked to sit on your lap at four o'clock in the afternoon and have you read through a storybook Bible with them. Sure. But, you know, anything more rigorous than that, you're going to feel some pushback and, oh gosh, moments where they're not giving you the the uh, nonverbal cues <laughs> that they're excited <laughs> about what you're doing with them and sharing yeah. with them. There's not going to oh, be yeah. a lot of like head nods and note taking and wow, exactly. dad, that was really good. You Thanks know, for I mean, preparing that. If, if I get, if one of my kids just says like, thanks dad, like to me, I'm on cloud oh, nine with that, yeah. you know, like, yeah. all right. Great, you know. Thank totally. You. There must be something in that teaching. I'm going to teach that to the adults. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, no, it's so true that it, it you know, and, and I love that point that you make because um, we we do we do what we do, and we teach our kids the word, and we place you know such a, a an importance on instilling God's word into their life knowing that they also, they're dealing with a little flesh inside of them that's mm. not going to be wanting to gravitate towards God's truth or his word. And, and in the same way that we have to fight things like, hey, I want to sleep in. I don't, I don't want to take an extra you know, 30 minutes to get in the word this morning. Or, you know, hey, I'd rather watch a show than spend some time on some spiritual practices or whatever. They got to struggle with that too. So yeah, I think understanding that if if you're if you're being met with a little pushback, a little a little flesh, you know, like that's just kind of normal, yes. and, uh, and and yet we don't stop because we're getting some pushback. We continue because we know, man, this is food for their soul. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the daily bread that really is going to bring life, and that and and that nourishment. It, it may it may really show itself, you know, further down the road when they build up some more spiritual muscles mm-hmm. and strength. But man, it's so it's so key. I, I do want to get into this article that I wrote, and we yeah. will in a second. But I have w- a, one more thing I want to ask you that's kind of related to all of this that we're getting into uh, right now, because he, he, we're kind of proposing that this this is hard work and there are going to be moments where you don't encounter enthusiasm from your children when you're trying to share the word with them in these various forms in age appropriate ways, which we'll talk about. But, uh, you mentioned recently to me that you've been, uh, reading and interacting with just kind of out in culture, kind of a 
philosophy of parenting Mm -hmm. that kind of takes the approach of my child knows what's best for him or her. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of taking my cues from whatever they want because they're living their experience. And uh, I mean, my blunt way of kind of uh, giving a synopsis of that uh, style of parenting is it's non-parenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Parenting is shaping. Yes. Parenting is molding. God has put you in the life of this child to help shape mm. and mold them for the glory of God. And uh, he's put you in their life as a messenger of the gospel, Amen. but he's put you in their life to help shape them with the truth of mm. God's word. So there is a flesh. There is something that needs to be molded. We are fallen, broken people. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that parenting philosophy has not read like that Genesis 3 happened. <laughs> you know, like we're not in the right. Garden of Eden. We right. are in a fallen and broken world. We're, we're beset with sin. But is that something that you're, you're seeing and experiencing? And mm-hmm. how do you see... You know, how does a how does a person overcome that mentality? Because in this area, it's like, well, my kid's kind of resistant to. They don't want to really talk about the word. They don't want me to talk to them about the word. How does somebody get past that? Mm. Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. And yeah, man, I think I think if, when it comes to parenting ideologies of today, uh, I feel like that one is is one of the more prominent and even attractive, you know, mm-hmm. forms of parenting that people are being uh, drawn towards. I mean, you think about it, how many of us really like being the person that um, is the one that, that has to say no, has to give discipline? Like, are those the things that we just like feel like, this is awesome. Like, I, I get to discipline my kids towards this thing, or I get to help them learn to develop um, muscles to say no to instant gratification. I mean, I was just even having a conversation with my wife today about like, okay, there's a pull that we see in our boys to just the quick, you know, dopamine hit. I want, you know, whether it's Mm. a show or whether it's just this, I want this quick gratification. And, And as parents, like figuring out how do we help them develop that, that discipline to be able to say no to themselves. And so as much as it's hard for us, we know it's going to be hard for them. But as parents, God has put us in that place to train, to, to shape. And, you know, you think, of, you think of that approach that you described and how that matches up with even um, our relationship with God. Imagine if God parented us that way and just said, you know, I'm just kind of here. Wow. I'm just kind of removed. I'm just kind of, you know, watching things. I'm available if you need me, you know. But but that's more of like deism. That's more of a God that's not relational, who's not connected to us. And I say that because our relationship with our kids is is kind of a an example, is to be, I believe, an example of the Father's relationship that He desires to have with us mm. as His kids. And so we get we get a little a little peek in, we get to give our kids, I think, an example and an illustration of, hey, one day you're going to be out of our home and, you know, <laughs> the, the Lord is going to be your, your parent, that your dad, and there's going to be a time where, you know, our rules, our discipline is going to fade and, and you're going to have to step into, 
you know, God being that authority, main authority over your life um, as we transfer that, you know, throughout your life. So, yeah, I just think God doesn't let us stay to ourselves. He doesn't let us just kind of parent ourselves. He's, he's a good father. He's intentional. He disciplines those whom he loves, and, and it's because he loves us that he's going to discipline us. And so, in the same way, and I use the word discipline, and I know that that's a kind of a loaded term, but what I mean is just being okay putting restrictions and boundaries in place and saying, this is not going to be helpful for them. And I know better than my kids. <laughs> we do. Yes. We know better. We've lived more life. Um, and, and even with, with things that maybe we haven't experienced or dealt with, um, being willing to say, okay, even though I might not have faced this or, or felt this or, or dealt with this at, at my age, to trust that God's word is eternal, that his truth has as much application today as it did 30, 40 years ago when we were growing up and then being willing to just continue to, to lead our kids in that. That's so good. It's, it's almost like what you don't want to have happen is for them to graduate into adulthood and then they're trying to have their relationship with God now on their own and, and they're in the word or they're in church or they're in some kind of setting where their father God is pushing on them a little bit. Hey, I want to adjust this. I, I don't mm-hmm. want you to do that. And to have that be a shock to their system. Like, mm-hmm. wait, what? I've been doing whatever I wanted to do up until this point. Yeah. You're not fathering me like I experienced in my childhood. Right. So you want that to be a smooth transition. That's, totally. that's great. Totally. Well, the, the article that we've referred to a couple of times and I have just totally neglected to uh, talk about up to this point. Introduction done. Here we go. <laughs> it's, uh, I can't remember when I wrote this, but it's based on Deuteronomy mm-hmm. uh, chapter 6, um, where the Lord gives the people of Israel instructions on how to share the word with their children. And then I just wrote a few thoughts out about that for our modern time, how to yeah. share the word with uh, our kids based on that passage from Deuteronomy uh, chapter six. So if you want to read that article, it's in the show notes. Uh, but I'll read the passage here mm-hmm. for everybody who's listening. Deuteronomy six four: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You mm-hmm. shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Mm -hmm. Uh, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So I focus mostly on verse seven about teaching them to your children, talking about them uh, when you sit in your house, when you're walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. So kind of the first thing, if you took that in four stages or four settings, sitting in your house, when you're walking, when you lie down, when you rise, Mm. I kind of thought of the first one, you know, when you sit in your house, as um, intentional moments where you are sharing the word with your kids. So later in our conversation, I'm sure we'll talk about un, uh, unplanned 
moments yeah. where we're sharing the word with our kids or times in relational connection with them where we're talking about the word with our kids and the word comes out. We want to bring that into their situation. Oh, you're hurting right now because your friends are being mean to you. Here's some things God has ministered to me. Here's some words, you know, from the book that God has mm. given to me. Um, but this first one to me, it kind of speaks of that like intentional mm-hmm. plan yeah. for sharing the word with your kids. And I think this is one where a lot of us feel like I haven't really done as well as I could or should, or haven't done this at all in life. So what do you do right now with, with your boys or what is the attempted plan in the Kaler household at this stage of their lives? Cause right now Cannon and crew are how old? Yeah. Cannon eight, uh, going on 18, I think is where he's at right now. (laughs) Crew is three going to be four in February. So, um, yeah, we've got, you know, a pretty broad, you know, age range with the two boys. Right. So I know, um, I'm sure people listening or watching will, will have, you know, kids of all ages, all stages. So uh, yeah, for us, w- some of the things that we have in place that we've established is, um, a rhythm of, um, leading the boys through a Bible. And, and I, I love kids Bibles. I'm, you know, I I love checking out, you know, what kids Bibles are out there. And, you know, we've put together some resources in the Calvary kids ministry on, um, you know, some suggested or recommended Bibles for different ages. But, uh, right now, um, we, I'll, I'll start with Canon in the mornings when I do my quiet time, um, they're, they're, many times where Cannon will just out of his own volition kind of wake up, see me at the table with my Bible, an actual Bible. I like reading a paper Bible in, in the mornings. I think as much as I cannot be on my phone um, in front of my kids is a, is a win for me because, you know, I still hear them, dad, you're on your phone a lot, you know, and it's like, yeah, uh, our phones are just such a big part of our lives now. And so much, you know, happens on our phones, but I love having that, that real Bible out. And, uh, and Canon has an action Bible, which I know you've talked about and you actually write about in this uh, article, which I love. And so he's, uh, he's becoming that, that good reader that he can read on his own. And so he'll pull out his Bible and he'll read with me. And then we try to talk about what he reads and it's nothing huge, but I'll ask him questions. What did you read about? Okay. What, you know, what stood out to you? What did you like about that? And he's in the old Testament and he just loves the stories and the history and all that. And so, um, that's what typically we'll do. And then when we're at, uh, at breakfast, I've got two devotions that, um, I read to the boys. So I usually am able to make breakfast, sit down with the boys for, for a time, um, before I'm getting started on my morning and my day. And, uh, yeah, they're just kind of fun, like devotions that we've read through and have some really great kind of quick encouragements. You know, some of them are like, the moral lessons, you know, that are pulled from scripture, but they're not, you know, all that. And so there's one we read, um, that's more kind of hits crew's age. And then there's another one I read to both of them still, but it's more for Canon's age. And that takes, you know, a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we go throughout our day. I pray, uh, I try to pray for our day and then we go throughout our day. And then at night we wrap up the night. We love, we love books. We love reading time. So in bed, we'll have the boys um, kind of get together and we'll, um, we'll just read through whatever children's Bible we're reading right now. So we're kind of preferring crew right now. So I read them the, the, the toddler Bible last night. 
and uh, which is great, really quick, you know, fun. Uh, we read the story of David and the giant, as it's called. And, uh, and then these are the regular things. And then Saturday, which is kind of our family day to, to rest and Sabbath, we call it, um, we'll do uh, a family devotion time before we get started on any other kind of plans. Um, we'll eat breakfast. Usually it's pancakes. We'll make them. And then we do our family devotion time and I'll play some songs and the guitar. We'll worship a little bit, which, um, is usually just crazy and chaotic and they're grabbing instruments, they're dancing, they're, you know, so it's just nuts. And then, uh, and then our Bible time always spills out into, you know, um, acting it out. So we get costumes. We try to make it fun, you know, uh, that day. And so um, that's normally what it is. And then I'll just try to pull one truth out of the, you know, out of the Bible story to encourage the boys with that morning. Those are the, those are kind of the rhythms. Now, if that happens every morning, every night, Every Saturday, you know, we're not pulling it off sure. every single day, but that's really what we're shooting for right now. It's not um, like a, what are you doing right now, Dad, if any of those things yeah. happen? It's enough in the rhythm. Yeah, Dad, are you life. recording a podcast with Nate this week? Because why are we reading the word? Yeah. Now, you didn't mention anything about um, like a, a pew that you have for them to sit in or is, is I forgot. That, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Sorry. I should have led with that. Yeah. No, super, super relaxed, super chill. Um, yeah. I took the pulpit out of our house a while back. So <laughs> I really like the, uh, the, the style that you mentioned of just having some, some good resources, like a little devotional. And then of course the age appropriate Bibles, which like you said, I did mention a few of them at the end of my article, but uh, we'll try to link to the uh, resources that the Calvary Kids Ministry here has created with yeah. good recommendations in the show notes so that people can get some of those resources. But I love the idea of using that because I think for me, sometimes I feel a pressure to have something really significant to say. And, you know, it might be surprising to people that, you know, I mean, I'm a pastor of a church and have pastored for a number of years now. And, you know, I could flip to lots of portions of the Bible and have something to say. Uh, But still, I have a feeling of intimidation of just like, okay, I've got to have something to say to my kids, you know, now. And gosh, that idea of just having a little like outside source that it's not really that I have to have something to say. This is kind of just a good little starter. And if that's all we look at, if that's all we hear, then great. I've shared the word with my kids today, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's plenty that kind of comes out of that that you want to add on to. Yeah. And um, it kind of challenges me a little bit because for us, our, our rhythm, you know, generally, and my kids are all, you know, teenagers at this point, but we've always had a rhythm of, at at least a handful of breakfasts throughout the week. I've been able to, I start my work day pretty early, but I have a home office. So, you know, I'm in a situation where I'm able to take a break at the time that they'd be eating breakfast and I can, you know, share the word with them a little bit. But on our family day, we kind of start like you guys do. We have a, you know, family breakfast and um, our rotation is waffles or pancakes or Red's Donuts sneak in there from time to time with a handful of other little meals, but waffles and pancakes kind of go back and forth. And we just will sit at that table for, you know, at this stage with them being older, we just sit and talk for a really long time. But I've never introduced into that time 
like any sort of, you know, Bible reading or devotional, uh, you know, I'm always wanting to get the conversation in that direction, but you know, half the time we're talking about Marvel movies or whatever they're, you know, interested in. And I've been thinking about that lately as like, gosh, this would be a great little spot to just kind of introduce, you know, a little something extra that kind of points us all as a family to the word. And I think that's kind of what it's about. It's about finding those rhythms in your life that you can just inject the word into rather than coming up with this grand, you know, Hey, we're starting a midweek church service family, you know, seven o'clock on Wednesdays, you know, meet me on in the living room. I mean, it could be something like that, but I think if we all just kind of look at the rhythms of our lives, there are things that we can just kind of add the word to, you know, that, um, uh, moment. So for, for us and our family, you know, when they were younger, it was a lot of those, you know, reading through those different kids' Bibles. And I'd love doing that, oh, you know, yeah. um, I love going through the action Bible, like you mentioned, was just so much fun. I think my kids would still do the action <laughs> Bible if if I would for sure. go for it, you know. It's so good. Oh, yeah. And then the Jesus Storybook Bible is just oh, so yeah. good at presenting the gospel yep. in every story. And gosh, I mean, I just have... I remember having moments where it's like, I'm getting a little choked up oh, with this word. one right now. This is so powerful. Yeah. Um, and so those were always really good. Um, we've always done a thing that I call the proverb of the day. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like an everyday thing for us, but just some days of the the month, you know, nothing planned or anything, but just when the time is right, I'll tell the girls okay hey today we're going to do a proverb so if it's the 17th of the month um i will turn to proverbs 17 and i'll let them choose you know i'll tell them how many verses are in proverbs 17 violet which one do you want okay i want verse seven and so i'll read it sometimes you have to read the one before it or the one after it so you get the context but usually the proverbs are pretty standalone. Oh, yeah. And then I just kind of try to figure it out on the fly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm dad, and this is wisdom. And it just kind of gives a little platform to give some, like, dad advice mm-hmm. for life. And, oh, uh, and I'll do that with each one of them. So the proverb, you know, dad proverbs has been kind of a thing that, that I'll do. Um, oh, we'll do books of the Bible, you know, as they've gotten, as they got older, we would start doing that a little bit more. So yeah. right now we're in Mark. And just kind of, you know, slowly going through that. I have the advantage of having taught through the book of Mark a few times. So it's, you know, I do have that going for me. But we just take turns reading through the various passages. I like getting them involved. I'll ask them little questions about what they're seeing in the text and what are you learn what what is what do you learn about Jesus in this passage? What did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? What is, what is that? What might that mean to us today? You know, just kind of getting them thinking about it a little bit, uh, on their own. And there will be times where I'll kind of, before I head in, I'll just kind of take a look at, uh, you know, commentary or my own notes on the book of Mark and just kind of get like a little heads up for where I might want to take them in it, you know, but I'm not really giving them a long sermon or Bible study or anything, but just trying to keep it pretty tight and condensed, but just, you know, opening up the word, uh, together. But, um, you know, I'm like you, I, I wish it was a, you know, seven day a week kind of experience, Yeah. but I came under the conviction years ago that 
well, hey, whatever I do is better than nothing. That's right. You know, whatever I do is better than nothing. And I find that if I'm in a rhythm for, you know, a year where it's just a couple of mornings a week, to hear my kids talk about it, it's every day. You, <laughs> you know, right. so yeah. so apparently it's sinking it's in so as true. if it is a very regular part of yeah. of their lives. Yeah, that's a good point. So, what would you say, just kind of before, before moving into the the next one? What would you say to someone who's just saying, you know, I really want to get started with this, and my child is in the elementary age? How would you tell them to proceed? Yeah, I think. I think you start with a real attainable goal. I think our, our desire often, it, it, you know, outpaces uh, reality. And I, I've experienced that. But just what you said about, hey, like consistency over time, the deposit that you can make is just so great. And, um, and so maybe that's starting with, you know, once a week, if you haven't ever brought the word to your kids and, and, and had that be, you know, a consistent thing in their lives. So getting a Bible, whether it's, you know, the action Bible for an elementary aged, um, kid or, you know, the Jesus storybook Bible, and they're, they're written in such a way that I think you could read through it. And if you have any relationship with the Lord or, you know, any history with the Lord, there's going to be applications that come from that. And, and then, you know, whether that's um, finding a time where they're a captive audience, mealtimes are great. Yeah. Before you, before you break from the table and you go off and it's playing Legos or it's cleaning the kitchen together, you know, as a family or turning on sports, whatever it may be, you've got a captive opportunity. Hey, hey guys, tonight, you know what I want to do? I, I want to read... Um, I want to read this Jesus storybook Bible story. And I thought we could just listen to this and ask God to, you know, bless our time as we read his word. And you just give a little vision. You cast a little vision for it. And I think I think kids would respond to that kind of a thing and see yeah. how that takes and, and then uh, figure out, hey, maybe I can increase that to a couple times. Or maybe it is, you know, our nighttime routine. Um, but starting with something attainable and and then seeing what the Lord does with it. And for someone whose kids are a little bit older and this would be like a new thing, I think what I would advise is for one, um, you know, if you're, an, if you're a new believer, if you're a new Christian, so this hasn't even been a concept before, or if you have been in Christ their whole upbringing, but you just have not done this, I think what I would do is I would approach them in a spirit of humility and just almost with an apologetic tone, just say, hey, you know what? This is a thing that I really wish I had done with you when you were younger. And, but, but I didn't do it. And I've been just thinking about it, praying about it. I've been learning about it in the Word. And I, I want to do this with you. Mm. I, I want to partner with you in this. I, I want to be in the word together with you. I know it'll feel probably a little bit awkward to you because it's not normal for us. But if, if you could just join me in this, it's something that I think is really important and just kind of take that posture. And then, like you said, start with a, a manageable kind of goal and then with fortitude, 
with reservoirs of resilience go into it because um, there will be times where even if they're willing initially, there'll be times where you, you know, you'll experience that pushback, you know, the outbursts of dad, this is so weird. Mom, this is so lame. Why are you, you know, you'll probably have those moments, but just being willing to say, no, this is, this is important. Mm. I want to do this with them. I know really good stuff is coming if I can just keep laying that track and just moving forward in this direction. There's a passage in Ezra mm-hmm. chapter three where the people of Israel had been in captivity for a long number of years and finally they came back to uh, Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And it says in, in uh, Ezra chapter three, verse eight, that they made a beginning together. Mm-hmm. and. There are just times in our lives where that's what we got to do. We we didn't do what we should have done, what we were supposed to do, and we have to make a beginning. And by God's grace, that's possible. You know, with Jesus, that's possible. So if you're listening to this and this is like a new concept for you, you know, sharing the word systematically with your Mm. kids, I'd encourage you to make a beginning and um, begin getting into it. That's a great word. Well, Matt, the the others that are there, uh, I don't think we have time to get into all of them. You know, the when you walk, uh, mm. when you lie down, and when you uh, rise. Um, you talked a little bit about the uh, when you lie down, kind of the end of the day routine. I think that's so great, you know, and I, I, um, I, I know how much your boys love that. You know, I've been at your house at bedtime, you know, yeah. and it's like that's, we got our routine, the thing that we do, you know, and yeah. That's so fun for a parent, and I would encourage parents, you know, for as long as you're able to, um, you know, go visit your kids at nighttime, mm. you know, be mm. be in their bedroom. Uh, that can be a time where they're really sweet, where they open up to you, where they share with you different fears and insecurities and worries that they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm even convicted to just do this more myself, you know, with three teenage daughters, you know, they stay up. later than I do. So I'm really, it's more like, Hey, come visit me. You guys put me to bed, (laughs) you know, now. Uh, but gosh, I just remember those times just kind of kneeling by their bedside and just asking them private questions. And as a family, so often you do things together, Mm -hmm. but then when you put them to bed like that, you have little moments of just like your brother's not here right now. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? You know, can I pray with you and all of that? I think you and Bree do a great job of doing that. But I know you guys also talk to your kids in this whole when you're on the road Mm -hmm. together kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, how do you how do you inject the word just into and kind of teach your kids the Bible almost without them knowing that you're teaching them the Bible throughout the day? Is that something that you feel comes up kind here of, and there yeah kind of that conniving strategic <laughs> how am I going to get this there yeah no, I, I love that and I think this is this is where teaching the word to our kids becomes like the most fun because um, you know I don't know if you ever just sense like there are so many things I want them to know about Jesus and about yes. the father and about the spirit's work and it's almost just like what do, what do, how do I talk to them about that right now or which aspect of the Lord do I want to talk to them about right now and and, and more so with Canon as he's getting older and um, 
if you know Cannon, you know, he likes a good chat. He likes talking and he likes, um, you know, working through concepts and trying to understand things. He's really big on that. And then crew, he's just fun and he's just down. He's just down for fun and, and having, having a laugh. And so figuring out who each of them is and, and then approaching them in a way that's really going to connect with them. I know you've got three girls and I know they're their own people, you know. And so I think knowing your kids can be helpful when you are going to talk about the word. Um, so, you know, for us, drive times are just one of the best ways to do this. I know you, you mentioned mm-hmm. that in the article and it's just so great. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that our car is, is one that, that doesn't have the DVD system, you know, that, that, um, we don't have, you know, iPads typically when we're traveling, uh, just in the city or whatever it is, long drives, we'll, we'll, we'll resort to those sometimes, but, um, you know, some of the things that um, we'll do is we've we found this um, this uh, music group called Slugs and Bugs, which I think I've told you about them. But they're they're essentially just like scripture songs, but they're really fun. And uh, the artist uh, Randall Goodgame, which he just has such a cool last name, Goodgame. Um, love to play sports with that guy. But, uh, you know, he, he's just this gifted musician who, who has the ability to craft these really catchy melodies. And, and it's all scripture. I think he's reading out of the, the NIV, uh, or he's, he's writing out of the NIV. And so we play that, and there's 12 songs per CD, and, and we just have that on loop a lot of the time. And our kids are learning scripture without even knowing it because they're learning these songs. And that's one of the ways that's just like a low-hanging fruit. Like, that's just so easy to do. Like, you plug in a CD, you, you pop it on Spotify, whatever it is, and you're instilling God's Word that way. But then there's conversations that we have, you know. Um, and I think a lot of the time for me in approaching my oldest, it's with a question. And so trying to engage his mind is one of the ways that I've found and, 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 and trying to, you know, it's like a challenge for me. How do I get him to understand grace more? And so we talk about the concept of grace. What is grace, you know, and, 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 you know, what would it look like, um, to, to treat someone without grace, you know, and maybe we're driving by and we see a person on the side of the road, you know, pulled over and someone helping them, you know, change their tire or whatever it may be. What, what is that about that person that would cause them to want to help and pull over? And, and, and what do you think Jesus is wanting us to do when we see someone in need? You know, pulling in um, just truth wherever we can and trying to give them an understanding that God's word is not just this thing that we resort to um, you know, on Sundays or we talk about in Bible times, but it really colors and brings life to every situation that we find ourselves in. And so, um, you know, I think uh, maybe, a, maybe a third, so, so we have, you know, scripture songs, which we love to do. We, we love to ask questions. I love to kind of try to prod that way. Another thing is our boys just love to hear stories about our lives. Mm. And, and I know you've mentioned this. They love to hear stories about our failures and my failures and my stumblings and just what, you know, bumbling along through life. And when I was a kid and I did embarrassing things or whatever it is, but they also like to hear stories of God at work in my life. And I really see something happen when I tell them of an experience that I had with the Lord and whether it was there being a need in my life, you know, and financial need, and then me praying, and then God providing, um, you know, through someone else, you know, in the church or whatever it may be. They love hearing those stories about 
God at work in our life. And that's another way that we can really instill the truth of God and his word uh, into their lives. So always looking for those opportunities. I think you, you talk about it. You just kind of have to develop a reflex. Like, you know, um, how do I, how, this is an opportunity for me to bring Jesus into this kind of scenario and into this situation. And so those are, those are some ways. How about you? How are you over the years finding ways to make those little deposits in, in the girls' lives? Yeah. It's putting your parenting hat on at all times. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, because we're, we're busy people. We're tired. We're, we're, you know, I, I get recharged being alone, sure. you know, by myself, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there at the computer, you know, balancing the, the finances or paying the bills or whatever, and your kid walks in and the, the spirit is helping you see when they're like, Hey, what, what are you doing, dad? You know, it's like, um, you know, doing the money or, well, this is, this is how we do our money. This is why we're doing mm. it this way. This is, this is, you know, why we budget like we do, or this is what God says about finding. I mean, there's just open doors all the time if you put your parenting hat on. But I think a lot of times it's, you know, parents feel very tempted to just kind of check out. Mm. And like you said earlier, you know, the phone can be a big distraction. Mm. So for me, it's just about as you're going through everyday life, putting your parenting hat on and realizing that, you know, a lot of the things that we do, that we do them this way because somehow, some way the word has directed us in this direction. Yeah. And so we're going to live this out. You know, you drive by someone who's uh, homeless and, you know, mm. you're processing with your kids, you know, all sorts of things, you know, generosity perhaps, or poverty, or, um, you know, even potentially on the other end of the spectrum, you know, work ethic. And, you know, you're processing a lot of things with them bringing to bear God's word mm. into their lives with just these visual things that they're experiencing uh, throughout life. So uh, you just try to always be ready, you know, as a parent to be willing to talk. But then as they get older, you have to be more of a listener. You know, mm. you're, you're um, becoming, uh, you know, less of the, uh, let me deposit and you're more so, okay, I want to hear what you're thinking. Uh, and of course, with this goal still of parenting and helping sure. shape their thoughts, maybe asking them, you know, challenging questions that will help them think a little bit more clearly or crisply or biblically, but you're just kind of going through that uh, process. That's good. But, you know, I think in all of this, what we're a couple of dads and we're kind of saying, Hey, um, you know, moms and dads, this is something that you're called to be about and called to do. I think both of us, especially, uh, feel like we, we would love to see more men who are dads enter into this role in life, not as lecturers, who are boring their kids to death or always talking down to their kids, but humbly departing, depositing God's word into their lives. And uh, Matt, I just have loved talking to you about this. Mm. And I really feel like, I mean, there's so many directions we could go talking about parenting. And I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you more on, yeah. on the on the Jesus Famous podcast about uh, parenting, different facets of parenting, because, yeah. 
you know, as parents, we just need, we need encouragement. We need wisdom. We need help. And, you know, sometimes there's even things that we know we should be doing. And then to just kind of talk about them a little bit, it helps us go, oh man, I got to kick that into gear afresh. So if I could close it out with you giving a, perhaps a word of encouragement or exhortation to the parents of, um, of our church or any other believer yeah. who's, you know, tuning in, listening to this right now, what would your word of encouragement and the times that we're in right now be for some of those parents that are out there? I would just say, go for it. I mean, you're not going to be perfect and it's not going to be the ideal, <laughs> but that shouldn't hold you back from going for it. And yet you're right, Nate, like, you know, our heart as, as dads, as men, is to encourage the dads. But I, I do need to say, like, and there could be a whole other podcast on what my wife is also doing with our boys to yeah. instill a hunger for God's word, working it into our homeschool curriculum. And so maybe another word for moms, too, um, who, who may find themselves in, the, in that situation where they'd like dad to step up more. And so I would just encourage you, encourage dad, encourage your husband as much as you can. You know, um, you may be gifted in ways he's not. And, and I think instilling a hunger for God's word, laying that foundation. Um, I think both parents have so much that they can do in that. And, and to the moms or to the wives that maybe feel like, I don't know, am I overstepping to, to take some initiative and in, in leading our kids in the word? man, God's word needs to be put into their lives. So as much as you can encourage your husband to do that, be doing that. But also, if you've got it in your heart to instill God's word, I mean, you think of Timothy where, where you know, Paul talked about the heritage from his grandmother and his mother. It's interesting, Timothy's dad's not mentioned. We don't totally know why, but the fact that his grandmother and mother, you know, poured into his life just says that, man, there's opportunities there Amen. for everyone to do that. And so take those opportunities um don't give up if it doesn't go super well keep pushing forward and god's gonna bless it his word does not return void so um, i'm so thankful for the church that we have and the parents that are going for it and have a desire to see god's word brought into their kids lives so uh, god be with you guys we pray that today's discussion has blessed you If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.